Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's read our first scripture before we have our seat. Matthew chapter 28, the verse number 19 to the verse number 20. Actually, let's start from the verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28, the verse number 20, the verse number 18 to the verse number 20. Matthew chapter 28, the verse number 18 to the verse number 20. Let's read the Bible together, then we have our seats. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, if the Bible is yours, underline that phrase. Go therefore. In fact, please, the media team, let's do a shirt for uh, this thing. Go therefore. That'll be there. <laughs> Someone say, go therefore. 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 The Bible says we should talk about it, therefore. Mm. Did the Bible say that we should sit, up, sit down and preach about it, therefore? No. Did the Bible say that we should think about it, therefore? No. The Bible says what? Go. Go, therefore. The Bible says what? Go, Go therefore. therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the That's Son, right. and of the and Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. teaching and them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Have your seat in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the scripture that we looked at, um, I want to say a few statements about that. Now, how many people have heard that statement? Have heard that scripture? Oh, you've not heard it. Okay. Okay, you've heard. We've heard and overheard all forms of that scripture. Where the Bible says that we should go out and make disciples. Many people tag that particular scripture as the great commission. Hallelujah. So we've heard and overheard and we've heard it in various shape and form. We've heard that scripture. Hallelujah. Some preachers have used that scripture to guilt strip us. Should I go there? Should I go there? Let me go there some more. Some people have used the scripture to shade us. Some people have used that scripture and they've pleaded with us. Some people have also used the scripture and they've tried to explain things to us. Hallelujah. How many people understand what I'm saying so far? There are different forms in which we have heard that particular scripture. But in all the forms, it doesn't change the fact that the Bible says, go therefore. Whether they use the scripture to abuse you, whether they use the scripture to motivate you, whether they use the scripture to plead with you, whatever the case, we cannot deny that the Bible says we should what? Go therefore. Hallelujah. So today we are going to hear about go therefore again. <laughs> Amen. This is the season of, uh, um, and the theme for the month is the month of divine guidance and winning souls. Hallelujah. And last week, Thursday, I started talking about winning souls. And the first thing that I wanted to deal with was the fact that every excuse that we naturally have, according to the scriptures that we looked at on Thursday, we have been able to deal with those excuses. Hallelujah. So you don't have an excuse for not going out. You don't have an excuse for not going out to win souls. 
Because the Bible makes us understand that God's way is perfect. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So far as he said we should go, that is his way. That is the way he likes it. And then it is a perfect way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So two things that I want to mention is that whether God says go, on your going, if God says pause, it's still God's perfect way. As you are going to a particular place, God says turn around and go into this particular direction. It is a perfect way. Don't come and tell me that, oh, man of God, I made up my mind to go and preach the word. And then God himself stopped me. After he stopped you, you are listening to him. The next thing you rise up and you go. If God has not stopped you, don't stop yourself. I don't think you are with me in the church. If God has not what? Don't st- if God has not paused you, don't pause yourself. Many of us are already in perpetual pause. And we are saying, oh, but God stopped Paul. Oh, but the Holy Spirit forbade them. Are you Paul? Is your name Paul? Is your surname Paul? Except you have the anointing of Paul. You can't use that scripture for yourself. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So actually for today, what I want us to look at is in soul winning. Is I want us to understand the kingdom perspective of soul winning. Because as a commission and as a ministry, our mandate is to manifest the kingdom of God to the generation that we find ourselves in. Hallelujah to demonstrate the governing influence of the kingdom that we represent. So with everything that we talk about here, we must understand it from a kingdom point of view. I've been so far. I've been so far. Now, the first thing that I want us to look at, let's look at a scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 22, the verse number one and the verse number two. I'll be talking about two perspectives or how soul winning is relevant to the kingdom in two ways. So if you are writing notes, let me just give you the, 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 the sermon. So that in case you have to leave early. Two points. We are looking at marriage and we are looking at diplomacy. Someone say, hey. Someone say, hey. <laughs> we are looking at what? The kingdom perspective of soul winning. And the two perspectives we are looking at. We are looking at number one, marriage. And number two, diplomacy. Right? So I want us to read Matthew chapter 22, the verse number one and the verse number two. Verse one. Yes. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. Hallelujah. Did you guys pay attention? Are you here? Are you here? Please, man of God, read it again. Verse one. Yes. And Jesus answered and spake unto them Again, yes. by parables and by said. By parable and said. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. That is what Jesus is going to address. Yes. Are you with me so far? The kingdom of heaven. And it says that the kingdom of heaven is like what? A certain king. It's like a certain king. Anytime you enter into a kingdom, you must be conscious of the king. Yeah. Last week, Thursday, I said that in a kingdom, the most important person there is a king. You think that in your life you are the most important person. And if you live in a democracy, you think that the people are the most important person. Mm. You think. That is what is supposed to be the natural order, the natural principle. Government by the people, for the people, with the people, in the people, through the people. Without the people, there is no government. That's what the Bible makes us understand. I mean philosophy. That's what democracy is. But then you realize that after you vote, December 7th, Someone will tell you that when you be But let's not go there today. Yeah, let's not go there. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So it seems as if for every democracy, the people are the most important people there. But I'm telling you that because you have grown, how old are you? 20, 25, 30, 45, whatever. You've lived your life in a democracy. And the West, especially the United States of America, has done a good job of promoting democracy as a very good form of government. It has its advantages. By far, it seems like it is working. By far. Though it is a great deviation from what the people who thought about democracy had in mind. But by far, it seems like it works. Nonetheless, I'm telling you that you are not the center of your universe. That one, you can write it down as points. Right, so write it. I am not the center of my universe, hyphen, Daniel Butchery. I said it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And especially when you come into a kingdom, the most important person there is who? The king. The most important person. You see, if you lose sight of that fact, you will enter into a kingdom and you will be offending the king even without your knowledge. Wow. I mean, so far. Sure. Recently, there was a... I think it's actually not a documentary. Uh, this Hollywood actor that came... Um, yes, him. Right? And he's talking about how he went to the Ashanti king and everything. In his jeans, baseball cap, whatever. He thought that he was come to create the paramount chief of the Ashanti kingdom. You come and say, hey, yo, what up? They made him undress. And they gave him proper garments. In this scripture, Matthew chapter 22, you see that there. But I might not focus on that today. We'll see what the Lord will do. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when the king, the most important person in this kingdom, wanted to do something, the Bible says that he sent an invitation out. He sent invitations out because he was having what? A marriage. Read that again in the verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. Who did what? Who arranged a marriage he for his son. He arranged a marriage for his son. Now, I want you to write this other statement down. Anytime you talk about a kingdom, there are two ways that you reveal a kingdom. Anytime you talk about a kingdom, there are what? Two ways you reveal a kingdom. The first way you reveal a kingdom is by the glory of the kingdom. And the second way you reveal a kingdom is by the power of a kingdom. Now, forget kingdoms and let's talk about nations. A nation always attracts people by its glory or by its power. Yeah. Tell us what I'm saying so far. Anytime you plan on going on vacation, what are you looking at? The glory of the land you are going to. So if I want to go to the UK, I'm looking at the glory of the land of the UK. So then I'm looking at the amusement park. I'm looking at the artillery side. I'm looking at going to the palace. I'm going to look, whatever. It's about the glory of the kingdom. When Dubai is showing you adverts on your YouTube, what do they talk about? Come to Dubai. Tax-free. Come and join the billionaires. We are a place where da 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 And they'll compare it even to Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's the word glory. Hallelujah. And the second way that you represent or that a kingdom is represented is by its power. All the chaos that is happening in the Israel Middle East area, someone decided to touch Israel and Israel is demonstrating what? Its power. Help me so far. How many people remember the aftermath of the 9-11? After some people decided to bomb, every time you heard the news, they were saying that they were going after they were going after. And they always use two words. It's either you are an ally or you are what? An enemy. 
and they made the whole world become enemies of Iraq and Iran. We all, so you receive a kingdom by what? Its power or by what? It's glory. So the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was teaching his people to pray, at the end it says, for thine is your kingdom, and it's... Oh, are you with me? And it's what? And it's what? And it's what? Power. And it's glory. For thine. He was talking to our father, and he's addressing God as a king. And it says that the kingdom is yours, including its what? Power. And including its what? Glory. So the marriage here was an avenue for the king of that particular kingdom to demonstrate the glory of his kingdom. That's what the king was doing. It was an avenue for the king to demonstrate what? The glory of his kingdom. In that same scripture, Matthew chapter 22, you see him demonstrating his power. I don't need to get there. Hallelujah. So he says that the kingdom of God is like a certain king who arranged a what? Marriage. Someone will be saying, what is the purpose of that? And I've told you already, is to demonstrate the glory of the kingdom. I've been so far. So he said that he arranged a a, a, a marriage. Now, you see, one of the things that you, you realize is that anytime we are talking about kingdom business, I've said this before, write this down. Kingdom business is always family business. I don't care whether you are ethical or you are whatever. When it comes to kingdom business, nepotism works. It is by nepotism. Do you know what nepotism is? I choose you because of relationship, not because of qualification. In other words, it's corruption, but nepotism works well. It's sometimes corruption. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Nepotism, N-E-P-O-tism, right? Nepotism works. Kingdom business is family affair. How me so far? So that is why when we are addressing God, there is always the element of father. There is always the element of son. There is always the element of a husband. There is always the element of a bride. You rarely hear the word wife because they always talk about the word bride and they are talking about the bride at his, at the bride let me be careful the bride at the most at her peak let me use that word, the bride at her peak that is what I'm saying the most beautiful day so according to what we know of people who get married their most, the best day of their life is on their wedding but that's what I'm being careful. Uh-huh. I'm being careful. <laughs> I'm being careful. That is what I'm saying so far, right? So, we always hear family-related words. So, kingdom business is what? Family business. You cannot talk about the kingdom and not talk about family. You cannot talk about business, I mean kingdom, and not talk about the family unit. And the foundation of every family, right? This down, is marriage. I know that most of you think it's children, but it's not. The foundation of a marriage has nothing to do with children. It has everything to do with the union. I mean so far. So, and we know that marriage is the first institution, right? Now, the question I want to ask you, the last time I think Apostle even mentioned this in passing. In Ghana and in most parts of Africa, we marry three times. Do you know that? Okay. The first marriage is what we do with the tradition. We go and knock. So, as you give the dowry, as soon as the family accepts the dowry, you are married. In fact, you can go, go to your house, forget everybody, leave everything. Don't even, don't even do anything with court. Just, you are married. That's it. 
But then we decide to have the second one, which we call the white wedding. And then for that one, okay, we'll say there should be an exchange of ring. So as soon as the rings are exchanged, we are married again. You understand what I'm saying? So three marriages. The, 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 what seals the traditional marriage is the family accepting the dowry, not the other gifts. There's the dowry and the other gifts. As soon as they accept the dowry, marriage has taken place. For the white wedding, as soon as the rings are exchanged and we say the vow, with this ring, I do the to love it, to hold. You may kiss the bride. The marriage has happened. I think so far. We've married a second time. And the third time that we marry is when, they, if we're in the church, then they'll say, okay, let's go to the corner. For that one, that is for the government. For that one, for marriage to actually take place, you just need to sign one. I need to sign two. And two witnesses must sign. That's all. So if I decide that I'll go to a court, I sign, two witnesses sign. Marriage has taken place. I don't need a ring. I don't need a gift. I don't need dowry. I don't need a party. So far as I append my signature on a certificate that has the seal of the government of the day, I am married. Then I saw me so far. So that one, what seals the relationship is what? Signature. What seals a white wedding is what? The ring and the vow. What seals the traditional is what? The dowry. The family accepting it. Now, the question I want to ask you is that if, if you are thinking about building a society, assuming you go into some desert, right, and you are now going to build your society, right, and people come to you and they say they want to marry, as the governor of that society, why would you say that you are interested in their marriage? Why is the government of Ghana interested in your marriage? Why would the government of Ghana say that if someone who is not gazetted comes and then officiates your wedding, it is illegal? Why would the government say that if you don't come to a place that I have appointed, if this is the place that you are supposed to get married, if you get married here, it is null and void. Why is the government interested in your marriage? Have you ever asked yourself that before? Okay. If you've not asked yourself that before, then you'll not be concerned or worried about the issues of LGBT. That's what I'm saying. LGBT is, people want to do what they do. They want to do the do. In whatever style they want to do the do. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so why is it my business? It is my business so far as you elevate it to the government level. And you are no longer saying that, oh, let us do the do. But you are saying that let us be recognized as married. That is where there's a problem. Okay, let me come back. Let me backtrack. Are you with me so far? Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. The foundation of every nation is what? The family. The foundation of every family is the marriage. That is the union. That is the union. So if you touch the foundation of marriage, the, 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 the foundation of a farm, which is marriage, then you have touched the nation. I mean, so far, if you touch the foundation of a family, which is what? Marriage. Then I've touched the nation. I mean, so far. And that is why I'm saying that that is the reason why governments, because they are interested in nation building, they are interested in marriages. So to determine, a government can say that this is someone that I've appointed. This person is interested 
in officiating marriages. When you are married, the government must give you a document that says that I recognize your marriage. If you want to travel outside and you are married and you don't have a proof that you are married, the government doesn't care about dowry. The government doesn't care about ring. The government says, do you have a certificate that has my stamp that I recognize your marriage? Yes. Will another government recognize it? Yes. Without that, that is why governments are interested in what? Marriages. Because every nation, its foundation is what? Family. Every family, its foundation is what? It's not children. It's not love. Let's not go there yet. It's not emotions. It's the union. That means so far, and that is why governments are interested in what? Marriage. So when LGBT say that they want to do, they do. I don't have a problem with that. But so far as they say that they want the government of the land to recognize them as married, then me and you, we should have, an, we should have a problem because they've touched the fabric of our nation. Do you understand what I'm saying so far? See, let me give you an example. See, if you check any most movies about kingdoms, there is always an element that you come to where in order to foster peace, someone will say, I'm giving my daughter to the son of that kingdom. That's what I'm saying. Why, why, why do they choose the avenue of marriage? Because marriage is the foundation of family. Family is the foundation of nation. A job, the, the key job of every kingdom is that they must expand. Marriage is the nonviolent way that they expand. Marriage is the most happiest way that they expand. Oh, I don't think you're with me, oh. If a kingdom wants to expand, they expand usually by war. Blood, shedding of blood, betrayal, breaking whatever. When it comes to marriage, alliance, by the time I realize you've added 10 times your kingdom to your kingdom. Marriage is the happiest way. It's the easiest way, non-violent, non-bloody way. The, the, you are taking over a, a kingdom and it's like, oh, everybody's jubilating. That's how come royal weddings are a big deal. I was like, oh, Princess Diana is going to get married. And the whole world wants to watch. Who, who cares about it? Every, every person who is in politics, who is in government, cares about it. The guy, the black girl crowd, Megan Mikkel wants to get married. And you're saying, what's the big deal about that? You, you don't understand kingdom, that's why. You don't understand. But everybody who is into politics, who is into government, will be interested because by that relationship, you determine the fabric of the nation. And that is why a king, when it comes to kingdom matters, you don't choose a bride because, oh, she has the figure. Oh, when she does her brush like this, the way her cheeks are round with the pink, no. Hey, I like it. No. The king can say. That, if you check the scripture, verse 2, it says that, the a kingdom of God is like a king who arranged a marriage, a for, marriage his for his son. Not the son arranging a marriage for his bride. Yeah. A, because marriage is kingdom business. Marriage is kingdom business. It is only in this 21st century democratized young men and women that say, oh, daddy, I love her. Oh, mommy, I love her. Go and say that, let your, assuming your grandparents or your great-grandparents are alive, let them go and tell their fathers that they like someone. I think I realize, go back to lab. <laughs> right, me. So, 
if you check certain people who come from royal families, so far as you come from a royal family, see, you're not like anyone who. It's about preservation of a kingdom, and they preserve that kingdom by what? Their bloodline. Have you heard that word before? Let's not talk about that today. But my point is that kingdom is supposed to expand. The easiest way, you don't have to put any effort except the cost of that wedding. You don't have to feed an army. You don't have to go into unnecessary covenants. You don't have to break and disappoint people. The only way, bloodless, peaceful, everybody is jumping, celebrating marriage. So anyone who has an idea about kingdom matters will also be interested in marriage. If you don't understand it, you think, oh, LGBT, ah, okay, they want to do their do, ah, okay. They want, their church should recognize them. You think, oh, okay, I mean, right now, I mean, people, they, they always talk about freedom and their rights. No. You should be concerned, unless you're not a kingdom person. I need so far. I need so far. So, everyone who is into government is interested in government. Is interested in marriage because every foundation of a nation is resting upon the family. And the family is resting upon what? The union. And that is why governments have interests in marriages. I me so far. The second point why governments are interested in marriage. If the job of a kingdom is supposed to, is that the kingdom must expand. As soon as I enter into a strategic relationship, a marriage with another kingdom, I've already expanded. You understand me so far? And that is by marriage. Secondly, marriage gives us the avenue for procreation to come about. All right, me? Without the avenue of marriage, procreation becomes an illegal business. So, somehow, then you have to ask yourself, every government is interested in giving you a marriage certificate. Why is every government also interested that before you get a voter's ID card, before you get a passport, you need to bring your birth certificate? Why must the government give you a birth certificate? Have you asked yourself that before? I mean, I went to the hospital and I gave birth. But the government must recognize that there is an addition. That's the point. Why governments are interested in families? There is an addition to my kingdom. I think so far. And that is why even when you die, the government must recognize that you are truly dead. They must give you a certificate that you accomplished the job of dying well. <laughs> oh, so far. What, what? We give a, a certificate for accomplishment. You have been born. You have been added to the kingdom. Get your certificate. You don't have to work for it. You die, you must get a certificate because the, because the government are, kingdoms are interested in what? Expansion. I mean so far. So everyone that comes into the kingdom, there must be a track of them. And families are the natural way. Everybody is having fun. No, there's a baby. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and the government must recognize, take the fun out of the business. I must know, is this a citizen of my kingdom? You want to apply for a passport? Is, are you eligible? Do, do you have the rights of citizens of my kingdom? They must track you by what? Your birth. I mean so far. And that's why many people in the West African this thing, community, because they want to enhance the chances of their children, as soon as they are pregnant, no, fly away. 
right? And then they give birth in another man's land. As soon as you are born in that land, you become what? A citizen. A citizen. By birth. And it's through the avenue of what? Marriage and family. Why have you so far? Why have you so far? So technically, technically, we Christians should start having a particular mindset that there are non-bloody ways of populating the kingdom of God. <laughs> Someone say hallelujah. 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 You understand what I'm saying? I'll not, I'll not repeat it. If you didn't get it, that's fine. There are non-bloody ways. There are just naturally biological ways of populating the kingdom of God. And that's how come certain religions have taken a particular stand. And it's not like it's, it's like an advice. So to them, it's not an advice. It is like almost a law. Five, barest minimum. That one, you've not done well. You should cross six, seven. And then you hear 21st century democratized Christian. Oh, for me, dear, if I check what I want to do for the house of God, one crowd, like I must wait. One crowd must wait. But then some people, Charlie, they ignore the avenue of marriage and they are just saying populate, populate, populate. 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 I pray for everyone that is not married here. May you marry by the end of the year. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Some people said I reject it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we must start considering. We are talking about so we need, this is this is business. We are not we are not we are not here to joke. Hurry up and marry. What, what, what are you waiting for? Eh? What, what, what do you mean? Hurry up. Hurry up. All those who have one children, hey, I'm looking at you. Just one child, I'm looking at you. <laughs> for those that just have only two, what are you waiting for? <laughs> eh? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Like, we are, we are talking kingdom matters, so like I'm serious right now. This is, this is the protocol of the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing so far? They are naturally biological. We are having fun now. Then we've increased the kingdom. How are you so far? We don't have to conquer any nation. So this one you are not doing. Then what do, what do you want to do? Come for evangelism on Saturday. You say I'm going for wedding. Come for evangelism on Saturday. You say I'm going for child adoring. Come for evangelism on Saturday. You say you're going for graduation. Have fun and have increase the kingdom too. That one too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So by the avenue of marriage, connections and alliances, right? The kingdom expand. Also by the avenue of marriage, there is procreation. And see, and that is where you must get angry about the LGBT thing. Because as soon as it changes, it's not like as soon as it changes, because for some most parties, it's already changed. It has created a union that doesn't bring the normal, it, it's, it's a deviation. Are you with me so far? So, let's all see that we are also same-sex, and we also just marry. If you are saying you are same-sex, then you should not have the right to a child. That's what it is. Simple. I think so far. But we've broken that, this thing. And now we are making accommodations around it. Accommodation. So right now, people are entering into the adoption business. It's just, just a way for some people to make money. People are make, going into sex change. So right now, you say you want to 
this thing with a man, a man and a man, but then now, at the end of the day, okay, now I want to be the woman. Why didn't you just look for a woman in the first place? But now, someone is in the business of actually changing your sex. So, we are making accommodation because we've deviated from the kingdom way. Oh, I, I don't think you understand me. Do you understand me? Right? So, if you ignore marriage, and that's what I'm just saying, Matthew chapter 22, verse 2, the kingdom of God is like a king who arranged a marriage. That is one of the most important things in the kingdom. Marriage. Add me so far. Add me so far. Now, so the marriage becomes the avenue for what? The, pro- the procreation. Look at what the Bible then said in the verse number three. Let's move on. I think let's just move on quickly, then we'll be out of here. Verse three. Yes. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. So in the verse number three, the marriage was now arranged, right? An avenue to expand the kingdom by alliance or by relationship and an avenue to expand the kingdom by procreation. Childbirth. It has been arranged. Now, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, and what? Sent out his servants. And the king sent out his servants to all those who were invited. This is why I'm going to transition into diplomacy. But let's deal with the invitation first. In the verse number 10, he sent out people to go and call those who have already gotten the invitation. And then they didn't want to come. They gave excuses. Are you with me? Yes, then he sent them out the second time. They didn't mind the, 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 the servants. Then he sent them out the third time. And the Bible says that, and they caught them. They mistreated them. And they killed them. Someone should ask yourself, isn't this too harsh? Is this not too harsh? Come to my wedding. I won't come. Just say, I won't come. That's all. But the Bible says that, and they caught the people that came. Maltreated them. Beat them. And they what? Kill them. Because you have to realize that Jesus is not just talking about an ordinary marriage. And that's why I started talking about the fact that marriage is linked to kingdom business. For some reason, let me use, let me, let me see, maybe uh, Marilyn is getting married, let's see, this Saturday. Right? Let's give an example. And then you are having the wedding here. Right? Let's assume that something happened. I went for an all night. After that, I went to some village to go and do something, whatever, 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 whatever. And then I came to a wedding late. I don't have to say anything. Maybe I might have sent you a message and apologized. But as soon as I come in late, people will be saying, mm, what's happening with him? Ah, your pastor pa didn't come. And then I come and sit down. And then I fall asleep. <laughs> Genuinely fall asleep. You don't, I don't have to say anything. But I've sent a message that I don't value. Marilyn, I mean so far. So yesterday I was telling some people that one of the key jobs of a pastor is that you just have to show up. You just have to show up. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. If your presence is not there, it sends a message. I mean so far. So there are certain things that happen in our, in our, in our houses. Weddings, family, even some people, just family gatherings. There is a need for a pastor to be there. Because if the pastor doesn't show up, and me, I don't know. Maybe me, I don't even care. It's not like I don't care, but I've dealt with you. I've sent you a message. But if I don't handle myself, the pastor enters into a realm of diplomacy. I think so far. And I'm, God forbid I come and sit down and I'm sleeping. Mm. They will read meanings. They will read meanings. Let me give you a, a clear example. Many people who have really been around churches 
also know that there must be a kind of diplomacy concerning the pastor of the church and the wife. Have you ever, have you, have, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Should I go inside? I should inside. If people go to church, the first person that they are looking at, well, my wife right now, she's at the back usually because of the children. But as soon as she had the first lady seats right here, the day she doesn't show up on that seat and I'm preaching, hey, what's happening? It seems like, hey, this is, hey, or she comes and sit down, right? And then she doesn't smile. Hey, seems like, no, that's what I'm saying. She has not said anything, but because of diplomacy, handling relationship, and this is just an example. My point is that it's communicating volumes, volumes. Is 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 we might as well just give her a microphone and just let her say whatever she wants. But she can keep quiet. Your wife is just sitting now. She's not said anything. People will be looking at her, and the photographers will also the cameraman. The man of God makes a joke. Is the wife laughing? No. <laughs> The man of God says something. Hey, like, I don't know if you've wondered. Like anytime that Prophet Drew something, he's like, hey, Prophet Drew, yeah, like you are crossing the line. No, the cameraman is looking at the wife. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the same thing. And I'm just talking about the church. It happens, government. If you see President Akufadu on stage doing something, you always want to check where's the wife? Where's the wife? He says something, everybody's laughing. Hey, is the wife laughing? No. Hey, how is the now is the president dressed? How is the wife dressed? I mean so far. Because there is a way of handling relationship and in diplomacy every action or what lack thereof it is what a message so most of the time when people exaggerate things concerning nations kingdom government it's about just sending a message it's about sending a message let me give you a clear example if you've ever been caught by a police at a at a junction whatever and there is a senior police person and the people that are in training. The one who is senior would never say anything that is against the law, even if he doesn't mean it. You know, I had an eye encounter before. Have you had that encounter before? Okay. Let me give you another example. Maybe, maybe you guys don't. So let me give you another example. Something happened in Ashesi recently. The KCF, the, according to the student affairs, we could not be meeting in a particular hall, right? So we are not supposed to meet there. Then, they found a place outside, right, on the car park, and they started meeting there. The dean of students had been seeing them. People have been seeing them. Unofficially, they were meeting. They were not supposed to meet. I read so far. And then something happened, and then one of the KCF executives went to the office affairs, office of students affairs, and then says, oh, we've been meeting here. I want to ask permission for us to continue meeting here. Then he says, that is not a designated place. As soon as he said no, it has changed the dynamics of the relationship. That means that they cannot unintentionally or unknowingly go and meet. That's the first one. Now, if they meet there, the person that they ask permission from, that said no, when he sees them again, he cannot ignore don't if you understand me. He cannot ignore. Previously, they've not asked for permission. So, I see you praying. I don't mind. You've also not asked for permission. Everybody is just walking in the realm of, oh, it doesn't matter. And then you officially make a request. And then you get an official response. No. Right now, if you go and meet there, it is now illegal. 
It doesn't mean that previously it wasn't, but we're ignoring it because of relationship. I mean, it's over. Now, the person that you asked for permission from, he said that because I said no, now when I see you there, I cannot not talk again. So then I, I went. Then he said that, then he says, Daniel, I went to talk to the person, because I wanted to understand what happened. Then he says, Daniel, see, I'm a man of God. You are a man of God. As the, 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 the mistake that the person did was that the person asked for permission. He said that because I know you guys meet there, like it's not and whatever. But as soon as the person made it official, and I officially said no, I cannot ignore it. So don't meet there again, because now he has set a precedent. If another group of people, maybe they want to come and pour libation, and now they officially come and start see, I said no to this religious group. I cannot say yes to you. I think so far. So, you see, and that is where when you are getting into the realm of leadership, eh, there are certain things that you need to start paying attention to. Especially when you start getting certain things like responsibility and you are representing people. I think so far. So, for instance, when it comes to me and Apostle, for instance, I, it is not in my mind to be everywhere Apostle is. In my mind, I know that I must be everywhere Apostle is not. I think so far. Everywhere. So, if there is, let's say, a clashing program, a few months ago, there was a clashing program. Two funerals and a wedding. I just asked Apostle, which one are you going to? Everywhere Apostle is going to, I'm not going there. I'm going to the other one. Because if, I, if we all go to one place, they say, hey, KCF, Zan Impact doesn't like this person. They like this church person more than this church person. So in my mind, every, as soon as Apostle says I'm going to the right, I'm going to the left. It's in my mind. Then I asked Apostle, Apostle, this wedding, will you go? If Apostle says no, whether I am ready or not, I must be there. He doesn't even have to tell me that to be there. Is Apostle coming? No. Then I must be there. Yesterday, I was telling the man of God, we had evangelism at University of Ghana. In my mind, there was a big family program. Because of the things that have happened in the year, I wanted to be there. Right? And then the morning, Apostle called me and said he was going to come. And I said, Apostle, don't come. I... Mr. Lamy, Reverend Roland, who would handle it. So at the end of the day, I must make sure that I am there. Because I said, Apostle, don't come. I will be there. So if I'm not there, it's a problem. I've sent a message. I need so far. I need so far. And that is how come you realize that when you go into certain organizations, the ladies, they know it a lot. This thing called diplomacy. They know it well, well. They know it well, well. They don't call it, they don't call it diplomacy, but they know it. When someone walks into the room, the way everybody's eye looks, ah, it's a message. Oh, you are pretending as if you don't understand what I'm saying. I pretend as if you don't understand what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. The leaders, they know it well. If, let's say, the boss comes into a company, he probably just moves and then his chest touch someone's table. Hey! Hey! God forbid he was going to give an example and then he put his hand on the same table and he was talking to someone else. Hey! That is what I'm saying. The smallest action or inaction is communicating the message. So the Bible says that when he sends his servants, they decided to respond. And it was, the emphasis was not on the action. The emphasis was on the message that was being sent. Then he sent a second time. He should have stopped. Because the message is that they don't want to come. Why did the king send another time? Because it was not about sending. It was about the message that he was communicating. Then they demonstrated them. Then he sent a message again so that you will not go and stand somewhere and say that this king is short tempered. 
You know when he said that this kid doesn't have endurance? He sent it three times so that you know that he was patient with them. Now when he wants to destroy them, he wants to annihilate them, he is coming with the full force to send a message that I was patient with you. Oh, I don't know if you understand me. I don't know if you, it's about what? Message. Message. So when God says go, and say, oh, Father, today I'm tired. What message are you sending? Should we go there? Now it's becoming too personal. Should we go there? Oh, man of God, and we have a particular program. And then, oh, man of God, ah, today, like when I slept, I woke up quite early. Let me, and don't come. What message I send to Apostle? What message I send? That's what I'm saying so far. What message I sending? So it's about what? A message. So the king proved all the way to the best thing that he was a patient king. He was not, he didn't make a decision in a rush. He didn't, was not ill-tempered. So he was consistent. You, 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 you said no, fine. You said you, you, you maltreated him, fine. He sent again. And the Bible says that when they beat, maltreated and killed them, then it says, let us send what? The full force. So what did they do? He went into the highways. No, before that, what did he do to the people that rejected him? He, but verse when, 10. Verse 10. Mm-hmm. So those servants went out into the highways. Yes. And gathered together all whom they found. No, give me verse 9 then. Okay. Verse 9. Mm-hmm. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. No, move back to the verse 7. But when the king heard about it, mm-hmm. he was furious, mm-hmm. and he sent out his armies. He sent out his armies. He, they did what? He destroyed those murderers. They destroyed those murderers, and they did what? And he burned their city. And he burned their city. They, the people killed you. Why didn't you just kill them? No. The Bible says, and he destroyed their city to send a message. That if you rise up again as a community, never disrespect me. And that's why it seems like certain government responses, they are too extreme but they are sending a message. Because if they don't do it once, you think there are some way. Yeah. I don't know if you understand me. Yeah. We can be friends. We can be joking about the fact that I jammed the red light. But assuming you are a judge or a lawyer or whatever, if I say this to you when you are addressed in your office, you definitely have taken action against me. Diplomacy. Handling relationship. Some of you, you, see, all you need is to be mindful about handling relationship. Certain nonsense around you you to stop and certain nonsense with you to you stop. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you, some of you, all you need is that hey, you must be mindful that you see, I'm not just a bush girl. I'm not just a oh me, I just say things that come to my mind. Those things that you have been saying, you let me not go there. Let me not go there. <laughs> but me the as I see it, I say it. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Oh, as I feel, I do. That's foolishness. I mean, you must be tactful. The actual, the, another word for diplomacy is being tactful. Do you, do you know what the word tactful means? I'm not talking about like tactics or statistics. No, I'm saying tactful. You are, you are consciously aware of what you are doing. You are intentional. Your work with God must be tactful. Your relationship with your brother, with your boss must be tactful. Oh, it's not every time that when you're angry, you should show your face. I'm not saying be a hypocrite too, but I'm saying that be tactful. Be tactful. There are certain things you cannot say and do anymore. If you understand that, oh, I'm also a representative of a kingdom. 
Oh, you stop, so you stop certain things. Oh, so man of God, are you saying that Jesus, I mean, the Bible says that oh, for God, he only looks at the inside. It is man, oh, man, man, that looks at the outside. Oh, so me, the relationship I have with God is in my heart. This, this dress there, I think is fine. Mm. What message are you sending? What message are you sending? What message are you sending? You must be tactful because you are also what? A representative of the kingdom. So this is how Jesus summarized diplomacy. Look at what Jesus said. He said, I said that it's the message that is the most important thing. And I'm, there's a reason I'm mentioning message. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, the verse number 23. This is how Jesus put it when he's talking about diplomacy. All right. In verse number 23, Luke chapter 11, he says what? He who is not with me. He who is not with me. Is against me. Automatically, you are against me. That's what Jesus is saying. Yeah. So anyone that Jesus gives an invitation to, so far as you ignore that invitation and you are not a part of him, then you have automatically said that you are against him. It's not about the fact that, oh, I'm just on the fence. I need so far. That is why, in, that's why there's something called a world war. The world war is the fact that everybody is fighting. And it's not because we are interested in the fight too. But if we are not against the people we are aligned with, automatically we are against them. I mean so far. Then the next thing he said what? And he who does not gather with me. So anyone who is not gathering with me, if I'm doing a job of gathering, anyone not doing that job is what? He's scattering. He's scattering. But Jesus, you were gathering. I just decided to stand back. He says, no, you are also scattering. The fact that you are not gathering... So in this season of soul winning, the fact that you are not gathering, you are saying to Jesus that I'm a scatterer. Should I go there? Go there. The fact that you are saying that I'm not with you in this vision of soul winning, you said go therefore. The fact that I'm tired and I'm not going, it means that I'm against you. It's not about, the, it's not about personal interpretation though. It's about diplomacy and the message you are what? Sending. Sending. Have you ever said that, Father, I'm, I'm against you? No. But he said that if you are not with me, that's what diplomacy means. I'm against you. I'm against you. So I want you to look at the things that God tells you to do again. And the responses you give to him. Because as soon as you say something, it's not about the action. It's about what? The message. It's about the message. There is no middle ground here. There is no middle ground. So let me give you one final example. And then we'll continue later on. Right? The example I want to give is in the book of Esther chapter 1. Let's summarize it and they'll be out of here. The Bible says, now you know the story already. Now, look what the Bible says. In Esther chapter 1, let's start from the verse number 3. Verse 3. Yes. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials yes. and servants. Yes. The powers of Persia mm -hmm. and Media. Yes. The nobles. Yes. And the princes of the provinces be, being before him. Mm -hmm. Verse 4. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom. He showed the riches. So the point of the party that King Ahasuerus was doing was that he wanted to demonstrate the glory of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. When you receive a kingdom, you see it either by power or by what? Glory. glory. The job that you are supposed to do 
as going out to win souls, you are supposed to present the glory of God's kingdom. Yeah. Simple. Come to Jesus. Jesus is what Jesus says. Anyone who is heaven laden, I'll give him rest. This is what Jesus is saying. Anyone who comes and is sick, I will heal the person. This is what Jesus is saying. Anyone that is dead, I would, um, they will live again. This is the glory that Jesus is saying. Preach the gospel, the good news, the glory of the kingdom. Good news. That's all we are supposed to do. So when we are doing something like a crusade, an evangelism program, is in essence, in the kingdom perspective, a party. And we are supposed to demonstrate the glory of the kingdom. It is when you meet people who oppose you, then you demonstrate to them the power. And that's why at certain crusades, it's a party all right, but then it's also a battle. Because you must demonstrate either the glory or what? The power. power. Sometimes it must be the two of them together. So, King Azros had a party for everyone in his kingdom, the nobles, all of that. And the Bible even says that, and the party lasted how many days? 180. 180 days. Three months of partying. Six. In the olden days, when they have a wedding ceremony, forget about costo, they will have seven days. Right now, I'm going to have a wedding for seven days. <laughs> forget about that. Seven days. To the fact that there was no wine, it didn't stop the party. No, do you understand? Have you read that part of the Bible before? They were having a wedding, Jesus' first miracle, for seven days. At some point in the day, you see, when you read it, you think that, oh, they came to the wedding at one o'clock, and then there were lots of guests. So by two o'clock, the drink was finished. So that's why you conclude that, oh, then let's just end. And you are wondering, why would Jesus and the mother go and say, go and do something about it? No, it was a seven day wedding. Either a seven-day or a three-day wedding. So it was done on a particular day. That means that the following day, there will be nothing at all. So that's why Jesus said, fill six jars. Six jars for just two hours. Do you think that was just a two-hour wedding? No. It was for days. How did Jesus have said, oh, just fill one pot? Or, oh, bring me a saucepan from the kitchen. But he says, I fill six pots. Because it was supposed to last for days. And he says that... At that, at that story, it says that when people are done drinking the best, then the worthless wine is brought. Because at the end of the day, it will force them to go to their house, to their house quickly. Because you are tired of the bad taste. But Jesus was now cementing the wedding. He says, hey, those who have gone, come. Because Jesus is interested about weddings. He's interested. Everyone who, is in, who understands government understands marriage. How do you think so far? So he said that there was a party. And the party was for what? 180 days. Three months, right? Six. Six months. Yes, six months. Six months. Half a year. Half a year. You think they don't have anything doing. And we were partying every day, every night. No, you think, no, I want you to understand. You think they have, they, it's, it's, it's an agenda. That is how come gov- government, government of Ghana can be in debt. 50th anniversary celebration. We'll still print cloth. We'll still print books. You think that they don't know about economics? They know, but they must celebrate. They must. They must. It's only, someone, it's only a few people that have a change of mindset and they think about celebrating for long. I would say, okay, let's not celebrate. Just a few people will think that, but it must happen. Why do you think that when someone dies, whether the family has money or not, there must be a party? When someone gives birth, whether the family has money or not, there must be a party. It, you think they don't have things doing? It's, it's a way of demonstrating the glory. The glory. And it's a message you are sending. It's a message. Think about the day you graduated from school. The way your parents were more excited than you. You think because they, 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 they will do anything for them. No. It must send a message. 
Hey, so come and see you. So my daughter has come. Hey, come and see my son. At some point in time, my father, been, I, don't, I think my father forgot my name. Anytime he introduced me, this is my son, Daniel Boche from Ashish University. I said, what has that got to do with anything? <laughs> what has that got to do with what we are talking about? I meet some random person. Oh, this is my son, Daniel Boche from Ashish University. <laughs> what, has that, what has that got to do with anything? Like, he's sending a message. He's sending a message. He sent a message. He says, oh, go to my... I remember the first day he clicked was that he told me to go to his first office in Bible House. And I'm talking about Bible House. And you're an employee or former employee. It has nothing to do with Ashesi. But the letter, oh, so my son from, da- from Ashesi University will come to you. <laughs> he must send a message. I'm so far. So the party was happening for 180 days. And it was not the fact that they were, they were spoiling things so it must send the glory. So he says that they were showcasing the wealth, the glory of all the Persian Empire. And then something happened. On the day that he was full and merry with wine, then he says, let me bring my most prized thing to demonstrate. Wow. Hey, then the women, women empowerment, feminists, ah, what do you mean? I mean, what do you mean? You just showcase me today. No. You know, we'll talk about that later on. But man, well, look at that scripture before me. Verse 7, I think. So yeah. the Bible says, or verse 9. Verse, verse 9. Seven. So Vashti was also what? Also made a feast for the women. She also made a feast for the women. And then the verse number 10. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with mm-hmm. wine. Jump to the next verse. Verse 11. Mm-hmm. Harbona, Victor. Next verse. Verse 12. Verse 11. To bring Queen Vashti before the king. To bring Queen Vashti before the king. For what? Wearing her royal crown. Wearing her royal crown. In order to show her beauty. In order to show what? Her beauty. Her beauty. To the people and to the, the officials. For she was and the official. So she was, she was thinking like me and you. Well, I don't have time for this. But there was a message that she was sending. The king says, bring Queen Vashti. Wear her in her regalia. And let her just come and show forth her beauty. Just come and show forth your beauty. Oh, um, gender equality for, uh, I beg to differ, ladies, um, uh, feminist movement, hey, femme gang. They say, uh, yes, 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 yes. And that's what happened. So she said, I'll not go. Now, when she said, I'll not go, look at it too. In the most basic form, this is a husband making a request to the wife, right? And the wife says, I'll not come. How far should that argument last? Do talk, fight, and then by the time you realize the husband is saying sorry, but let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. That's what should have happened. That's what should have what happened. But then the Bible makes us understand because of the matters of diplomacy, because of the matters of kingdom relationship, governmental relationship, it was not the king that made a, made a comment. In the next verse, the king had wise men. And they, what did they say? The king said to the wise men, yes. who understood the times. Who understood what? The, the times. times. And they did what? For this was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice. Mm-hmm. Those closest to him. Those being, closest to him. Mm-hmm. Being Kashena, Shetha. Next, let's jump that. Mm-hmm. Verse 15. Yes. What shall we do to Queen Vashti? According what to shall the law? we do? This was a king. A man, a husband, saying to the wife, come and let me just spin you around so that people will see that you are beautiful. 
and the wife said, I'll not come. Mm. Agbina, that's all. The, the husband will go back and say, I'm sorry. That's all. The matter will end to a large extent. The matter will end. But then the Bible says that now the wise men says that this is how we must handle this according to the law. What has law got to do with someone's private marriage? That's what I'm saying. Now you think that you are married for a private affair. And you say, oh, this is my privacy. You have no privacy. You. It's not personal. Oh, I like him because he has square jaw. It's not personal. No, it's not personal. I want you to understand that. It's not what? Personal. Personal. It's not personal. Your, your relationship, we are all involved. We are all... We are all involved. You see, if you don't understand this, uh, when trouble comes, you think that, oh, like you are a unique bee. But no, the, the devil is interested in your relationship more. See, I gave, us, I gave someone an example. Decide, go to people wherever they are. You can see people who are cohabiting. They have one, two, three, four, five children, and they are fine. Let them see that they are going to get married. You see family people rising up and opposing it. When they were giving birth, did anyone complain? No. When they were staying together, did anyone complain? No. Rise up and say that, I want to do this well and marry. Then you see people who love you and don't love you. I mean so far. And that's how come certain marriages always start with some kind of confusion. It's not, because it's not a private affair. The marriage is for you. The wedding is for them. Must change your mindset. If you have the money to do the wedding for them, fine. If your father says that he will bring a bus of 200 people from his old school, ask him, Daddy, will you pay? If he says yes, let him do it. Don't come and say, oh, me, I just want 150 guests. I want it to be a private garden wedding. You're a joker. You're a joker. So he says that, how do we deal with this according to the law? Private marriage affair. But you have to realize that it's no longer private. It has a message that has been sent around the kingdom. Now, look, look I want you to look into the, what I mean by diplomacy and the message. So these people decoded what she said. You see, she just said that I will not come. I am having my own party. Look at the message she sent. Verse 16. Verse 16. And Memukan answered before the king and princes, mm-hmm. Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king. Queen Vashti has not only wronged her husband, mm. but she has done what? But also the princes. But all the princes that were there. She was invited and there were honorable people in their midst. The fact that she said no, she also said no to all the guests. It was an insult to the husband and everybody that was invited. Yes. Everybody in the rank and file of that government. Mm-hmm. And he said what? Verse 17. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. And he says this is the implication of her saying no. Now anyone who has an issue with their husband in the kingdom or the surrounding kingdom, they now have a record. They now have a precedent and say, if the queen can do that, why, can I, why, why can't I not also do that? And that's why if you check, all those people in LGBT, they are always looking for people of influence. You see, you think it's a joke, you, see, you think it's a joke that they are looking for just someone to say, oh, I support. Or someone to be in a 15 seconds video and say that, oh, gender, whatever. This thing, equality. You think it's a joke? They are looking for a precedence. So that you can say, I bear record. So I want you to look at your life and your work with God. In this season of soul winning, what example are you also giving? What example? What message are you also communicating? 
Because you can say, I am tired. You've sent messages to the ranks of the heavens. You've sent messages to the ranks of the, of, of the underworld. Every spirit knows that you've sent a message. You've sent a message. No, I want you to be careful though, and listen to what I'm saying. You've sent a message. Whether you think, whether you understood the message or not, you sent it. Whether it was intentional or not, you sent it. And it says what? Verse 18. Mm-hmm. This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of they the king. They have heard of the behavior of the queen. Uh-huh. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. There will be excessive contempt and wrath. Verse 19. Verse 19. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him. Let a royal decree go out from him. Mm-hmm. And he says that not, let not the royal decree come from the government. Let it come from the king. This one, this is what the king is saying. Because now the king is also about to send a message. Did the king mean the message? No. We'll see that later on. But continue. Let a royal decree go out and then. And let it be recorded in the laws and of let the it Persians. be recorded. Mm-hmm. So that it will not be altered. That it will not be changed. That Vashti shall come no more before King Ahasuerus. Vashti has lost her tone. And let the king give her royal position and to another. And let the king give her royal position to another. Who is better than she. Who, why not just someone who is more beautiful, but someone who is better? Mm. It's not just about beauty. It's about being what careful. Mm. And that's how come many people had issues with Meghan Merkel. Because she's not being schooled in royal whatever but that's it i mean if you check i, I think there's this clip that even went around that i don't i, I don't know the series but i think i've seen it before teaching people how to laugh that for a lady ha 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 no <laughs> no ha 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 no yeah hey they will be she no it's thought it's thought Ketty for boys and girls, right? I don't have it. But like, they, yeah, they were supposed to. There's a way. There's a way. There's a way you are supposed to even hold your bag. Look, look, look at the queen that died. Right? Anywhere that she, there's always a bag by her. There's a way that she's always this thing. Like, there's a way you must stand. There's a way you must look at people. There's a way. So there's a message that was sent. And it says, the message is that when Vashti is no longer, and let her place be given to someone better. that is what better. better see, if you don't understand this, God might be looking for someone who is better than you. Yeah. So I say, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. See, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Now I want to just add one final thing. Chapter two, verse one. Chapter two, verse one. Then we are done. After these things. After these things, then what happened? When the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided. The wrath of the king was now gone. He remembered Vashti. He remembered Vashti. What she had done. What she had done. And what had been decreed against her. And what had been decreed against her. And there was nothing he could do. Because now it was if for him. I mean, yeah, your wife said you not come. Yeah, angry. Family affair. Now he was regretting it. But it had crossed just family affair. It had entered the realm of politics. If LGBT people say that they want to just do the do, I have no problem with them. You should have no problem with them because it's behind their closed doors. But so far as they make a petition to our government and the government wants to force us to recognize them as married, you should have a problem. If you don't have a problem, then you are with them. That's what it simply means. That's not my words. Look, 1123. That's not my words. If you don't, are not angry, then you are happy about it. Don't say, oh, but me, I don't care. No, there's nothing like I don't care. 
It's a message. So in summary, let's rise up to our feet. In summary, in this month of soul winning, I'm saying that it's not just the fact that, oh, I feel like going out to evangelize. I feel like going to a crusade. We are talking about partnerships. And we are talking about messages. Your job is to make sure that the kingdom of God expands. Your job. So bringing someone in, by just bringing someone, you bring their entire family. You bring their entire generation. You bring everyone connected to them. That's what it means. And the point two, whether you say yes or you say no, you have sent a message. What message do you want to send in this month of November? What message are you ready to send? Whether you know the message or you don't know the message, I'm saying you are sending a message. Mm-hmm. So put thought to your message. Yeah. When you pass by that person and you say, oh, this person, later on, later on, what message have you sent? What message have you sent to the angels? What message have you sent to the people and the demons that are afflicting this person? What message are you sending? What message? It's not just about saying, I'll not come to your wedding. The message was that they beat and they killed. So the king responded appropriately. I want you to just close your eyes right now. And I'm saying, Father, today, renew my mind concerning this assignment of soul winning. Do you understand what we are praying about? Yes, sir. You didn't understand before. You didn't know before. You didn't know the implication before. But right now, we are saying, Father, I recognize the outcome of my action or my inaction. Change my mind and give me a heart that will do your work of winning souls Amen. for the kingdom. Amen. Lift up your voice and pray briefly. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministries.